Alright, I guess I will post this in a little bit. A little bit. Working on my UK accent. Let's go! Jones Hall Podcast. Uh, I've done this hundreds of times and Tim's still trying to figure this out. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Jones Hall Podcast. The Jones Hall Podcast. I myself, I am true. That's a long true. Where you get that from? Two chains, of course. Oh, um, Tim, definitely glad to be back for another episode. Um, definitely look forward to doing this during the week. Really? Oh, yeah. That's good. That's what's up, man. I never thought I'd hear you say those, utter those words. It used to be a hassle. It's Thursday at the moment. They got Thursday night football on. Uh, the Cowboys aren't playing, of course, with this Thursday night football. Um, happy oh, yeah, December. Go ahead. Yeah, when the Cowboys playing, yeah, ain't no, ain't no recording. <laughs> when the Cowboys <laughs> on, ain't no recording. So if you listen to the wedding episode, Tim made it very clear that when the Cowboys play, there's no recording. And he also made it very clear that him and his wife schedule dates around football season. So He sure does, and I am not ashamed. Check that episode out if you had it. Haven't already. I think it's uh, episode eight, the wedding episode. It's uh, very entertaining. Um, happy December to everybody. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed y'all Thanksgiving. Um, you know, leading up into Christmas and all that good stuff. So, uh, it's a beautiful thing, man. A beautiful thing. The holiday seasons. I am a big holiday season fan. I think we talked about this last year. You you don't like the holiday season, right? I sure don't. But you like to eat. Yeah, but to be honest, well, let me explain why I don't like the holidays. The holidays, it's people everywhere. It, everything is always packed. Traffic is stupid. It's just annoying. People are in a rush. I, I feel, unfortunately, the holidays bring out the worst in people, especially if you're just trying to go shop or get something to eat. Every it, It's just so annoying. Like I don't like traveling during the holiday season. And it's like, I have days off during the holiday season, but if you try to go anywhere, everything is always packed and traffic is stupid. Uh, that's going to be interesting this year because I'm curious to see as far as the economy if people are going to be out spending money. and doing Of course they are. <laughs> yes. People are going to spend money even if they don't have it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, facts. Facts. Um, I guess there's no argument there. And then but, for thank uh, you, man, I'm... I really don't care to have Thanksgiving food this year. Maybe because the last the, the, my trips this year, I've been getting all the soul food I I want. I mean, technically, soul food isn't really Thanksgiving food, but for black people, it is. So <laughs> I mean, I I mean, of course, I'll eat holiday food, but I'm not really looking forward to holiday food. I'm trying to think: is there something that I eat during the holiday that I don't eat regularly? Um, ham. I don't really eat ham like that. I used to get Me one. Either. I get it. He what? I don't eat ham like that either. And like nobody likes dried ass turkey. If they say they do, they lying. The only time turkey tastes good, or the only time people really eat turkey, is on Thanksgiving. Now I do like deep fried turkey. I was about to say yeah. As of late, I think that there's no. I ain't gonna say no such thing, but you shouldn't be eating dried turkey now. I could think of at least two to three people. Um, that fried turkeys that are juicy, and I know a guy that boils them like you boil crawfish. Hold on, boils let's... them like that. Okay, where do you live? <laughs> Louisiana. 
You can find deep fried turkey on every corner. You're not going to find deep fried turkey over here. And some people like that dry ass turkey and they put their little gravy on it and they cranberry sauce. I'm with you. If I got to do all that to put on my turkey, I don't want it. I don't like no dry ass turkey. <laughs> what? Uh, so, all right, what would be an ideal holiday? Because most people eat the same thing for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I don't know anybody that their well, Thanksgiving meal is. Well, well, let's. <laughs> Let's break that down. Uh, I feel black people, we all eat the same thing. Some holiday dishes are different from ours. Um, great example. Are you eating green bean casserole for Thanksgiving or Christmas? No, I'm not. Are you eating pumpkin pie? I am not. Exactly. <laughs> so those are all star dishes for certain ethnicities. Black people, we're not eating that. Okay, uh, that is. I will say true. this. I will say this, and you're probably going to be surprised. Much slander as it gets from black people, those dishes really are not that bad. I'll be honest. I've had them before. They're not bad. Do I need them on my plate? No, but they're not that bad when people, when black people are like they're trash. They're okay. It's something. If you just need something to get by, they're okay. But I don't think they're trash. Okay, so I'll ask you this. When I eat, I always put hot sauce. I love the taste of hot sauce, so I put hot sauce on everything. Do you eat your dishes as is, out the oven or off the stove, or you put additives? That's a great question. It depends, man. Like, certain foods I like hot sauce, certain foods I don't. That's a good question. Um, I feel for us it's different in Louisiana because we be having, like, uh, dressing, and it's Cajun dressing. So hot sauce smacks with seafood dressing. And if you're from Louisiana, you know what we're talking about. But to be honest, not as of late to be to keep it a buck. I feel like the only time I really use Louisiana hot sauce, this is going to sound funny, is when I'm at home. Wait, home is your house in Arizona or home in Louisiana? Home in Louisiana. So in your cavern, I mean, not cavern. I was about to say, I was <laughs> in your pantry, cupboard, whatever you call it. There's no hot sauce in there. We do have hot sauce. I mean, we. my wife, she loves Louisiana hot sauce. I love Tapatio. I think Tapatio is probably my favorite hot sauce. I think since I've been in Arizona for so long, I put Tapatio on everything except soul food type of dishes. I, I, you put it on chips and popcorn. I do. Not chips, but definitely popcorn. Okay, but I, I remember I saw you put it on one of them. I thought I saw you put it on both. I actually have Tapatio because of you. Um... Um, and the breakfast burritos out there, Tapatio goes real good with it too. So <laughs> I get it. I, that's funny. Your cultural taste buds are shifting because you've been living in another area for double digit years, and you switching up on us, Tim. To be honest, that's true, man. I think location really dictates taste buds because me and a coworker was talking, and she's actually from Louisiana, and she says, you know, Tim, I really can't vibe with Mexican food. And I said, how long have you been here? She said, you know, a couple of years. I said, I said the same thing. And when I really started getting, when I really started getting introduced to some good authentic Mexican dishes, I can't go back. I can eat Mexican food at least once a week, at least once a week. Like, so Mexican food for the listeners, just tacos or? I'm glad you said that tacos. That's, you know, that's cute. That's a little introduction. I'm talking chimichangas, enchiladas, and shout out to my guy, Ronnie G. <laughs> I will put his enchiladas against anybody's. 
Ronnie can make enchiladas? Ooh, yes. Our guest from season one. Yes. His enchiladas are fire. And I've had enchiladas from authentic Mexican restaurants. And I will, again, I will put his enchiladas against anybody's. If you oh, know no. anybody that has had Ronnie's enchiladas, I promise you they can vouch. Mm. So next time I come down, I will not be ashamed to ask Ronnie to make some. Yeah, I'll see um, if he can. I'll see if he can do some. Well, hell, never mind. You grown. You know him. You ask him your damn self. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, dang, that's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Hey, and Ronnie is born and raised in Phoenix, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a good look. Okay. So, what would be your ideal meal or dishes for the holiday Thanksgiving? Would it and for so it's a two part question. What would be your ideal meal for the holidays, and would it be the same for Thanksgiving and Christmas? If not, give us the the dishes for both. I mean, an ideal meal. To be honest. You can give me a pizza and I'm good. I love pizza. Now, let me, let me, this, this is layers now. You come over to the Robinsons, you pulling out Papa John's out the oven. Well, no one's coming to our house because we're never hosting. So that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, but to be honest, it was an episode on uh, Insecure where Issa and her brother went to a Mexican restaurant for Thanksgiving. I want to do that one year. Oh, you just want to go to any restaurant or a Mexican restaurant? Mexican restaurant. Got you. Got you. And like for Christmas, like for Christmas, let's just say go to a real good Chinese restaurant. Okay. You know, I think I'm, those are tough because obviously I think both of those are closed during those holidays, but shit, you know. Shit. Chinese restaurants be open. And it depends. Some... I think I could be wrong. Some Mexican restaurants are closed, but Chinese restaurants, from my experience in in Arizona, some of them do be open all the time, every day. Really? Yes. Because the one had, we went to is closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. That's them. There are others. I've had Chinese food on Christmas one year. Really? Yes. So you enjoyed it. You had a good time. You ate good. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay. Because the reason why I asked that question, because there's nothing that you haven't eaten often. So it's not like you're having something special these days. And you just said pizza for Thanksgiving, which you have all the time. And then Chinese food for no. Christmas, which you have all the time. So Mexican food for Thanksgiving, pizza or Chinese food for Christmas. Okay, got you, got you. See, I don't have turkey often, so the only time I would have turkey is on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Now, other than that, now I'm about to contradict myself and backpedal a little bit. I will say this again: this is my bias talking. There's nothing like holiday eating in Louisiana because, again, we have our own authentic type of dishes: seafood dressing, seafood mac and cheese. Like that's the type of food we grew up on. That's what I like. Gumbo, like that's what we eat at home on the holidays. So our spread in Louisiana is just different from other places. Yeah, your mom makes a mean gumbo for Thanksgiving. I definitely plan on trying to get with her this Thanksgiving. Uh, and you're right. 
I mean, it's definitely obviously if you follow me on Instagram, you know I post a lot of food, so be prepared. Because so speaking of that, man, your cholesterol gotta be high, dog. Because all you do is eat food. That's all you do. It's like you wake up in the morning, hey, I'm gonna get some wings. Like your cholesterol gotta be high. All right, so I t- I told you I had to take a physical for work. It's funny, I had to take a physical for work to go to Israel. Obviously, I'm not going to Israel. Another fun fact: on the day that we're recording this, was my ticket was booked for today to fly to Israel. So right now, I should be on a flight, a red eye, from New York to Israel at the time of this recording. Obviously, that's not happening due to the fact of what's going on. But um, it's funny you brought that up because those two points <laughs> of me supposed to be flying to Israel today and me taking a physical. In order to go to Israel. Um, so they didn't check my cholesterol. They just checked my blood pressure. She said my blood pressure was good. I'm curious to know what your cholesterol is. I'm so curious. Because I'm like, you eat way more bullshit than I do. Alright, so uh, at the time of this recording, I am on a 21-day fast. Despite the fact that you see me post fried food, that's just old stuff in my phone. I just never posted it. So, right. I do eat bad, but I fast fairly often. And this fast was... Uh, Mainly greens and uh, fruits and vegetables, um, and no meat. I haven't had meat in pause, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> coming up on 15, 16, 21, 20, and 18 days by the time the fast completes 21 days without meat. Um, so yeah, like I say, I so how does the fasting work? Um, so 21 days, uh, set the guidelines of the standard of what you want to do as far as what you're going to eat and what you're not going to eat. And then, you know, just the willpower in order to stick to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a simple process. I mean, you just cut stuff out and, uh, I mean, I've lost weight. Uh, you know, you definitely feel better, obviously not eating any meat. Uh, and, um, you know, I haven't. My portions are a lot smaller. Um, eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, you know, your body loves that. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, I do it before the holiday. Well, before the holiday season, and then I do it again in January as well. So, I fast fairly often. I just post a lot of stuff to look consistent that I'm eating that way, but in actuality, I'm not. So, I will tell the listeners, if you're trying to keep up with me, don't. <laughs> because... Um, <laughs> A lot, some of the stuff that I post isn't necessarily what's going on or happening at the immediate moment. So, so why do you do that? Um, for the so some of them I do personally on my own, and some of them are church related. So the one I'm currently on is church related, uh, but I do fast fairly often on my own. Uh, a lot of water fast. Um, where I just have water for 48 hours, stuff like that. I know for my birthday, I did a 48-hour water fast um, and then cut back on certain foods and stuff like that. So, 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 so that shit don't give you a headache? For me, no, because I'm still eating stuff. I mean, just... I'm still eating. Like, I don't, I don't know. My body doesn't need necessarily meat in order to... <laughs> I know I'm childish because I'm laughing every time I talk about meat. But uh, <laughs> meat in order to uh, function properly and stuff like that. So, so. from a, a church standpoint, what's the purpose of fasting? Um, To 
grow your relationship with God. So usually when you're you're fasting and during that time of fasting, you're vamping up your prayer and uh, spiritual time as far as reading your Bible and stuff like that. So you're fasting for a church standpoint. Um, you're sacrificing and giving up in order to uh, be closer to God. So um, Jesus fasted 40 days. Um, Daniel had a fast. Daniel's fast. He just ate fruits and vegetables. So during that time, uh, they were spending more time with God. So I'm so whole, it's like I'm, I'm so ignorant to religion. So this is like, do other churches do this? I'm sure that's a silly question. Uh, to my understanding, yes. Um, I've heard of other churches doing it. I've seen people post it online, so for sure. But time and when they do it is different. You know so do you it have to do it if you're a member of the church? What if you like? Nah, I ain't doing it. You can no, no, no. You don't have to. No, you don't have to. I, I will say this. I will say this. I would, and I talked about this. I told my wife this yesterday. If I had to guess, I would say that fifty percent of people are participating, and then not on, and then from the fifty percent. I'm, I would say that probably 70% of people have modified it, have done like, okay, I'll just get, because one time my wife fasted and she gave up social media because she, she gets headaches if she doesn't eat certain things or a certain way after a while. So you can modify it to however you feel works best for you because he says it. I mean, obviously some people have medical issues, medical problems and stuff like that. So. You know, you modify it to what's worked best for you. And some people don't do it at all. It's not a requirement. You know, it's just something as far as being able to uh, join in with the church as a collective if that's something that you want to do. But, yeah, I, I would say that. And I'll probably go as far as saying 60 percent of the people aren't doing it. <laughs> so, you know, it's a because obviously your relationship with God is personal. So, therefore, you know, you do what you do. OK, that's cool. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Definitely uh, some good stuff, some good uh, good questions. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm still <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm just so shocked at your answer for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, but yeah, so I guess since we're diving into uh, our personal lives, just vibing and stuff like that, uh, I have to make a career change. <laughs> Uh, so I'll explain what's going on. What I currently do is twerking and tensioning. Um, it's not something necessarily that a lot of people know. When they hear it, they have no idea kind of what it is. Um, what, are you twerking? Like shaking your ass? Twerking? <laughs> Everybody says that. When twerking came out, I heard that forever. Um, torque, T-O-R-Q-U-E. Okay. So I'll, I guess to give an example, um, you know how you tighten up nuts and bolts, right? Yeah. There are some nuts and bolts that can't be tightened by hand. They have to be tightened tighter, <laughs> pause, <laughs> than by hand. So you better hope White Howard ain't listen to this conversation. I'm childish. I'm really childish. <laughs> I'm childish. But yeah, continue. So. Um, so whatever a simple, I'm trying to, I'm looking around my room trying to see, to give an example for people to think about, but, um, you know, imagine tightening a nut and, um, you need to get it to, you need to get it so tight that you can't do it by hand. So there are certain machines that we use that, uh, is able to achieve that tightness. 
If you follow me on Instagram, I post every now and then about work when I'm at work and stuff that I do at work. So this particular company that, so there's two companies, right? Um, I guess I'm trying to explain my whole work situation. Uh, I work in Israel. When I work in Israel, there's a certain company that I work with that I work with in Israel. I work with them in the Gulf of Mexico and overseas. I don't work with them necessarily on land. Less than 10% I work with them on land. Special jobs they'll call for. So when I'm in the U.S. and I'm working, there is a different company that I work with. So I just work with mainly two companies. The company that I work with on land in the United States decided to dissolve that department. And that department is called the specialty department. What I do is considered a specialty in the construction field. So they decided to dissolve it. So it is no longer existent. And now I have to, I guess, well, I ain't going to not say I guess, but now I have to make adjustments and figure out my life as far as what I'm going to do now while working in the U.S., which has transitioned to my main focus of work because I can't go to Israel. So I was supposed to be in Israel now. Um, can't do that. And then I was supposed to go in Israel in January. Doesn't like that's going to happen because they're still out there doing their thing. I thought they would have had a ceasefire by now, but no. So, yeah. So I am literally at the time of this recording in a career crisis of making a career change. So my options, I mean, there's always a lot of options, I guess, in a sense, is I can not work construction and try to find a regular job like you. And do the whole Monday through Friday thing off on weekends. Or I can still work construction, but I have to transition over into another position. A position that I do not have experience in. A position that would be making less money. And a position that um, is a lot harder physically. My job physically, I didn't do a lot of hard work. So I'll be doing like a lot of real labor intensive physical work. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is crazy because I never thought that this would happen. So y'all just got an email, a phone call like, yeah, we don't need y'all no more. We ain't doing this. Okay, so I'll explain the particular uh, situation. So give me a minute. Everybody bear with me. So shout out to Pat. Um, Pat was the head of the division. Um, the company, it's a, I would say fairly new. It's about seven years old. I remember when the company started, and I guess that's why I say fairly new. So when they started, they wanted to start the specialty division. The board and owners wasn't fond of the specialty division, but the CEO and a couple of other people were. So... Basically, it took a while, but they eventually got the specialty division. Pat was taken out of the field, meaning he doesn't go to job sites anymore. He goes to the office to run the specialty division. So it's been about two years, and they're trying to sell the company again. And I guess it's all ties in the business. They're trying to sell the company, so they have to trim the fat. Our division technically made them money. It just didn't make them a lot of money when you compare it to other divisions. 
So the board decided that they were just going to cut the division altogether. So I have insider information because I'm very close to Pat. So he's been in these meetings. And I've been liaison for Pat for a while. Um, and what I mean by that is I have a degree in business management from Southern University. So I've been very in tune and privy to a lot of the business that goes on at this company at a very high level by helping Pat with I've wrote I've written letters as far as reprimanding people, firing people. Uh, one time they wanted to charge the company two hundred thousand dollars. I helped them write a letter to get that reduced. So I've done a lot with this company from a business standpoint. Um, so he told me, you know, they're about to have a meeting. What they thought was going to happen was that they're just going to lay off people from the division. And then they decided to cut the division altogether. So he told me, like, you know, it's not good. They decided to dissolve, get rid of the the division. Um, so that's how I found out. The um, They're trying to sell the company. They've been having issues with selling the company. So in order to get the numbers where they want the numbers to be via the board to sell the company, they had to get rid of some stuff. At first, they were going to do layoffs, and they decided to just cut the whole division out together. So as soon as the meeting was over, he told me what happened. So that's how I found out. It's all big corporate business stuff. And he asked the, the CEO, the owner, the creator of the company, um, you know, were we that hard of a burden to you where you couldn't keep us? And he said, it's not that. It's just business. Um, we just needed to get rid of some things in order to make this transaction as far as the selling the company happen. Nothing personal on you. Nothing personal on the division. Uh, just something we needed to do. So that's what he told him. So, so yeah, I hate when people say it's not personal, it's business. Yeah, it is personal because me getting laid off or fired, that affects my income. That affects me and my family. So it is kind of personal. I, I never did agree when people say it's not personal, it's just business. All right. So that's a good point you bring up because how in order... Because it's like war, right? They say you got to crack a few eggs in order to make an omelet. Um, there's a war, and I guess I hate that I'm using this particular example right now because there's a war going on right now. Thousands of people have died, and people are dying daily. With business, in order to save the business, if you have to get rid of some people, is that not just business? Yes, there's a personal aspect to it because these are human beings. But if you continue to keep these human beings employed, and the company goes under, then that's not good either. So I guess, you know, it's all, I mean, it's, it's, it's a risk we all take whenever we work for a company. If you're not self-employed, we all are on the chopping block. That's true. Possibly at some point. That's true. That's true. Um, now, okay. So now that you said that, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to my next point. So me being privy to this information, I would say, and I'm just assuming, I don't, uh, I have my phone in front of me, but I don't want to take time out to look it up. So the division employed, I'm going to say approximately 10 people full time. And I guess I'll give a little more history. I was, at, I was the very first person when the division started acts to come on full-time and what i mean by full-time is guaranteed 40 hours i would get a company truck or i can get a uh i can get a stipend for a car to 
basically, so they'll either give you a company truck or you can get vehicle allowance. Vehicle allowance is $750 a month. And that's for you to pay for your vehicle. But the twist is you got to have a truck or something in case they call you to go out and you can haul equipment. So I would have had to like either buy a truck or just get, you know, they give you a truck. So most people usually opt to give you a truck because they give you a company maintenance car. So you don't have to pay for tires or change stuff like that. You would have got a company gas car regardless if you use your own personal vehicle or if um, you got a company truck. So you get a gas card either way. Um, so I was asked and I denied. Um, I'll go into that probably a little later on another episode, but so another, so the 10 people are are full-time employees. That's the only company they work for 40 hours a week, minimum guaranteed. What I mean by that is if you sit at home at your house, cause there's nowhere to send you for work, you're still going to get a check for 40 hours. Um, excuse me. So, um, with that being said, I knew, (laughs) I knew that these guys were going to get laid off. So what what is what the situation is is the, everybody's on a job. Once they're finished with the job and the job ends, because our jobs are construction work, the job might be three months, three weeks. Whenever the job's over, all those people are losing their job. They're getting laid off. They got to turn in their company trucks and they got to find another job. I knew when it first happened, and they told me they said, "Don't tell anybody." You know, we're going to figure out a way to tell them. And like everybody said, companies do what's best for them. How you would have handled that? Because so this is, and I guess the other part is, I talk to these guys every day, messaging me. Hey, I was supposed to go work in Montana, and I kept telling them I was coming. I know I wasn't going because of what happened. So they're asking me, "Hey, you still coming to Montana? Hey, how are things going? How's the job you on?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm busy. I'll be up in Montana next week. This and that. I'm just buying time because I know that." I'm not going up there because there's a the division is no longer and you guys are about to lose your job whenever it's over. But I was told not to ask, not to tell nobody nothing, which I honored that. Um, I don't know how you would have handled that situation knowing that. And this is work friends. I don't even know if you have work friends. I don't. Basically, I'm asking the question and listeners as well. I knew they uh, by the time of this recording, everybody knows. Everybody knows that this is the last job you're going to be on. Whenever you're laid off or whenever this job is over, you're you're fired. You're done. You know, this is holiday season, which sucks. Um, yeah. Do you feel I should have said something? No, that's not your responsibility. Are you their supervisor? No, I am. Not. I don't even work for the company. No, that's not your. That, no, that's no, not at all. OK. Do you have a per, right. do you have a personal relationship? Have they came to your home? Have they met your wife? Have they met your kid? No, we've been out to a daiquiri shop before, but no, outside no. of that, no. No. Do you think they would tell okay. you? No, 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 no. And that's the thing. We're all close knit and we've worked together for a while that we respect each other. Diddy has utmost highest respect. And Patrick, they call him Diddy. So, before- did, so did Pat lose his too? Okay, so no. Pat had a couple of options. He could sit in the office and collect a check and do almost literally nothing or he can transition over into working in the field again going out to these job sites and working and he that's the option that he opted for so no he didn't lose his well i would have been in that office collecting a check 
Um, so yeah, and I'll tell you, I mean, we'll talk numbers after. I don't want to put his personal business yeah, on this particular podcast, but he listens. Uh, shout out to Pat. <laughs> I'm laughing because Pat listens and he said that, you know, you guys speak in subliminals and codes, and I'd be trying to make sure that y'all aren't talking about me. Hold on. Or he on, ain't make sure. Hold on now. Webby mode ain't no subliminals. And I, I, ain't gonna, I don't think we do subliminals. No. Uh, uh, there's like one or two people that we talked about that we didn't say their name. Maybe because of a personal reason? Yeah, personal reason. It was personal, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. But now- it, it was like this. It was. It was well warranted on why we. It wasn't because we were scared to say their name. Let's just get that straight. Okay. But just to protect the innocent. I guess I say that because I hate when athletes, uh, other podcasters, all that subliminal. And I'm like, Webby, say a name. It's like <laughs> say, say a name. You doing all this tweeting and all this and that. Say who you talking about. And then they do that so people can ask them, well, who are you talking about? And then they'll tweet back something like. If you have your eyes and ears open, you'll know. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's just a, a bait them into being more, like you say, saying more, being more involved. Is right. that a trait of narcissism? I saw that on Twitter and I was just like, hmm, is that in the same realm? I can ask Dr. Lawless and you, I will get back with you on You that. do that. I actually do want to do shit. Can't get my words out. I would love to have an episode, even if Dr. Lawless, if she wants to come on to discuss narcissism. I feel people use that term so loosely. And sometimes I'm confused. What does it actually mean? I mean, of course, I know the dictionary version, but people use it so much. That's a good point. I think uh, that's a great point. I'm going to talk to her and we got to figure out how to make that happen. Definitely. Um yeah so okay so i shouldn't have said anything i don't work for the company i just had insider information like we're in the stock market cool everybody knows now a lot of people are bummed out uh and as they should be you know a lot of people took risks coming to this company and doing this but that's the life we choose i am actually going to take a class to become a safety guy uh my class is already set up so yeah (laughs) i am transitioning over completely i'm about to do safety safety is super easy and it's required on every job in order for them to accept the job and go on it they have to have a safety guy so my um my job security has increased to pretty much 100 percent. so you're gonna be sending people home they not tied off on the scaffolding shit correct yes that will be me yes so yeah, that so that was back, uh, and so that bring back memories. I do not miss that field at all, <laughs> and I'm sure the field does not. Oh, oh, I will say this. I was about to say I'm sure the field does not miss you, but I think one thing we both can agree on, and I think you've said this before, and I and I'll ask you again. You meet some very entertaining, cool people out there. I'm glad you brought that up. I think I discussed this on a podcast before. I'll never forget. I met this white dude from Zachary. He had Confederate belt buckle, Confederate flags on his hard hat, and we would have great conversations. And he would tell me all kind of personal shit, and I'm just like I, that that uh, Uncle Phil meme, like whoa. And <laughs> I feel working at the plant, you you you're gonna talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna have to talk to somebody, and just. You're right. You meet some very interesting people and you talk to people that you think you would never talk to. 
Because you got to understand, like, we work 12 hours a day. You're spending more up active time with this person you're working with than you are with your wife, your kids, your mom, your dad. So you develop relationships. Um, and you told me stories about some of the black people you met where y'all cracked jokes and y'all had fun and was laughing. And, you know, it's just some crazy people out there. I will say this. This is a lesson I learned not to joke with people at work early in the morning or just you got to read the room. I'll never forget. I was joking with this guy and me and him used to joke every day. I don't know this day he got into it with his wife, whatever. He snapped and went off. And I learned from that day, you cannot joke with everybody. Even if y'all hee hee, you know, every day, some days people just not with it. Yeah. I usually ask people when the shift starts, hey, man, how you doing? You know, try to fill the room. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So. Because um, I, I feel with corporate America, I mean, it's, it, it can be the same, but not like the refinery, at least in my opinion, from my experience. Yeah, it's different. Refinery's different. It's a different breed of people. It's people that can't work in corporate America. It's people that will literally tell you, F you and quit your job and walk off. Yeah. They yeah. do not care. They will find another job because that's how just this industry is. Um, so, yeah. So, I guess to be a little more open and personal. So, my wife and I talked about this. We talked about this. Um, I think it was laying in the bed or I uh, was in the room. Um, and she asked me. You know, I told her what was happening. And, you know, we talked about the options because I can't go to Israel right now. Um, so I have to continue to stay working in the U.S. on U.S. soil. And she asked me what I was going to do, what my plan was, um, because she was like, do you even want to still work construction? And I was just like, at the moment, in order to maintain our lifestyle, I have to make what construction uh, rates are as far as hourly in order to just pay the bills and keep things going at the moment. Cause she asked me if I wanted to transition out of construction. And I said, well, that'll be tough because I'm have to start off at a lower hourly rate and I've worked construction for the past 10, 11 years. So my resume doesn't have anything on it that shows that I've, I guess work, you know, just a regular office job. Um, you know, so I, I, I knew at that point that I had to just try to figure it out in the field of construction uh, of trying to either switch over to a different craft or just try something where I can make more money and continue to have a laissez faire lifestyle, which safety will provide that. Um, so I'll tell you the story about safety. So Patrick is going to be a boss. He's going to run jobs. And he w- we talked about it. We talked about it a lot. Shout out to Pat. He was very we was very open and transparent about the options. And he was like, you know, you can do safety. I'm gonna need a safety guy. I'm running these jobs. My job has to have a safety guy. You can do safety. So I was like, all right, I need to figure out, I guess, what certifications I need in order to do safety. You know, I haven't took a class for a new position in forever. So we look it up. Well, he talks to the safety guy. He talks to the safety guy that's over all the safety people. And they say, you got to take this class. So I go to look it up. The class is $2,300. If you're a member, you can take the class for $1,800. So I was like, all right, well, talk to him and see how I become a member to get the $500 less rate of $1,800. So he talks to the guy. Um, 
and they called me. They actually called me this morning. And he's like, call me back. That's what he sent in the text. So he call, I call him back, and he's like, yeah, I was with the head safety guy, and we were trying to get you booked for the class. I was like, well, I wasn't trying to necessarily book it immediately because it's the holiday season. $1,800. I'm unemployed. I don't know what I'm going to do career-wise. I don't know if I want to spend that much. And I guess this is where you got to figure out life. I don't know if I want to spend $1,800 during the holiday season when I'm unemployed and I got to like now fight for jobs or work. And, you know, I don't I can't necessarily cash in on that. And what I mean by cash in is work immediately under that new position. So uh, lo and behold, I say, look, just let them know I'm going to do it. But I just need to kind of, you know, reevaluate finances and just talk to the wife and figure out a few things. And uh, he said, OK. So he ends up calling me back a little later and uh, he's like, I got your class booked. You go you start um, in December, mid-December. And I said, uh, OK, so am I going to have to like pay, I guess, when I start because it's a virtual class, by the way, too. So it's online. I said, how's that going to work? Because when I looked at it online, you had to pay ahead of time. And he said, I think they just, the company just covered it for you. So you should be pretty good. So I was like, okay, that's what's up. Um, you know, uh, shout out to the good Lord. Blessings for sure. Didn't have to pay $1,800 to have this class. So I'm booked for this class um, that I did not have to pay for. So it goes into something else. Work relationship. So the guy that's over the safety department, I went out with him to a Mexican restaurant, Casa Maria. I'm rolling my eyes because I know you would never consider that an authentic Mexican restaurant in Gonzalez. I met the guy, talked to him, fun guy, shook his hand. You know, we ate together, took drinks together, all that stuff. And he remembered me. He remembered me. I told him I was really serious about switching over to safety. And this was a month ago before things happened with the layoff. And from him remembering me and just knowing how dedicated I was and Patrick really pushing for me, I think that's why they were okay with investing in me and paying this money. I mean, work relationships are absolutely important. Um, I feel it's very rare. Well, I could be wrong. You get hired, let's just saying, hey, you know what? I'm just going to put the application in on Indeed or whatever, and they just hire you. People like to hire people they know and who they like. You think it's that that heavily? So you don't think experience matters? Do you don't think they look at the resume and see that this guy or this woman has some great credentials? Let's bring I mean, them in. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to speak in absolutes, but to a certain extent, you can have the most qualified person and you interview them. You're going to be like, yeah, I don't think they're going to be a good fit. Like they have no personality. Like you want to work with people that... You want to work with people that you're going to like, in my opinion. Ooh, that's... And I'm speaking like I've never hired anyone, but I've had sat on interview panels and just hearing how they think and what they say. You have to show personality in an interview. You have to wow these people over. Because if you come in and sounding like a robot, they're not going to hire you. I mean, they probably, okay, oh, I don't so know. that just, that's my opinion. I'm sure someone that works in HR or someone that's a hiring manager may differ. No, no, no. I think what you're saying is great. 
I think it's a great conversation. If you are an HR hiring manager or if you're just a human being living and you want to comment on this, definitely comment. Jones Hall Podcast on Instagram, at Jones Hall Pod on Twitter, Jones Hall like, Podcast okay. on Facebook. I'll give you a great example. This current job I have now, I remember my interview. We may have talked, I'm going to use football terminology. We may have talked X and O's maybe for a minute. Me and the guy was in a joking, vibing, talking about like real football. Like me being from Louisiana, he's from Texas. We were just discussing, uh, you know, coverages, just just nothing to do with the job. And I got a call like later that week saying, hey, yeah, Tim, we want to hire you. No way. Yeah. He's actually retiring this month. Because, again, people uh, hire. Because I don't have an entry-level role. So, again, people hire who they like. Okay, so this is all shocking to me for the listeners. I have not done a job interview um, since I was maybe 24, 23, 22. <laughs> like, I, I haven't done a job. I've, I've maybe done four or five job interviews my entire life but i haven't done one in over 10 15 years so to hear how job interviews go now is crazy to me like don't get me wrong i mean you still have some of those interviews where you know tell me about a time and blah 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 but man a lot of those interviews like if it's someone they like you may talk about the job maybe five minutes if they like you and they see you know what the hell you're talking about within that five minutes they're gonna hire you i'm a, I, I am a firm believer the interviewer, um, interviewee, whatever. I'm sure I probably got this wrong. Y'all correct me. They know within 10 minutes if they want to hire you. Or if you're a strong candidate. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Okay. Um, dang, that's crazy. Like, that's good stuff, though. So I've actually, using JT's terminology, shout out to JT, the polar bear or the koala bear, whatever, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The polar bear, the black bear, and the... Uh, I've been attending a one. lot of, like, work, quote-unquote, functions. Like, I'm about to start picking up pickleball. And I got into pickleball by being invited. <laughs> Check this out. Listen, so one of the vendors, um, me and her just connected when she took me out for lunch. And we just discussed, and she was just like, hey, what are your career goals? And I told her what I was trying to do. And she said, well, have you heard of this and this? And I was just like, no. True, she put me on this email and like anything in my field for as people I need to know, I'm plugged in. Like I'm going to a dinner next week at Capital Grill. What? So you plugged in. So the dinner will have what? Or what is the dinner for? The dinner is basically like for vendors and, you know, their clients just to have conversation, have fun. But basically to make sure like we appreciate you, shit like that. And you have to know somebody to get invited to these type of events. Oh, so the old Tim wouldn't have been invited. Nah, because I, I felt the company I work for, I wouldn't I wouldn't even been able to get in the know. Just being with this company and just dealing with a lot of vendors, you meet a lot of people in the industry from medical up into um, consulting to in building engineer consultants. Because everything ties in together because I deal with, you know, construction buildings and I deal with injuries. It's just like everything intertwines. I didn't think of it that way. Okay, okay. Because, like, I have one file that, true, I'm basically just evaluating the injury, and I'll have another one where I'm communicating with a consultant saying, 
this building wasn't worth this much and we shouldn't pay this, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to the listeners as well. So, so those relationships are important because let's just say I meet the right person. No, great example. I met a guy that actually owns his own company at the pickleball. Me and him were talking. He said, Tim, make sure you take my number. Um, definitely want to get together during the holidays. Just building those relationships. And I'm starting to realize I have to build those relationships if I want to grow my career or if I want to I want to do something else. It, can may, it may be a career change just by me knowing like, hey, I do remember Tim. He's a safe, I'm bringing it racial, of course. He's the safe black guy. Ooh! Okay. Um, all right. And, and, so, and you kind of remind me of that meme, like, I'm really not, like, you really don't know, want to know my thoughts. You really don't want to know my opinions. But when it's work, I definitely keep, I keep things work-related. I really don't discuss politics, any of that, just work-related. So you've played pickleball? Yes, and I enjoyed it. I played it for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and I had fun. I've actually just purchased a pickleball rack, a couple of racks from uh, Amazon, and me and my wife are going to start playing because I really enjoyed it. And explain for what it because pickleball to me looks like tennis. Basically, it's it's like ping pong moving around. I guess I'm sure someone will correct me. It's not as strenuous on the body. And I feel at my age, I want to do something active with my wife that I feel I think we both would enjoy. Because one of my buddies, uh, Polo, shout out to Polo, him and his wife, they play pickleball together. And uh, I think we're going to start playing with them because he said it's just it's fun. Something you something active you can do with your wife. Because my wife has been on a fitness journey. She has lost 17 pounds. Shout out to my wife. She has taken this fitness thing serious. So I will not be the fat, sloppy husband. No, sir. So I wanted to do something active with her. That's something we can enjoy together. Now, I don't know if we're going to be able to play every week, but my goal is to try to do it every other week because, you know, I'm, it's football season. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is football season. Definitely. Shout out to y'all, man. Uh, get some applause in for that. Um, but, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Number one, doing stuff with your wife. Uh, number two, picking up a new sport or hobby. I guess, uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward. I guess I'm just like, don't get me wrong, going out to eat and stuff is cool and drinking, but I'm kind of over that. I need to be more active as I'm getting older. Like, of course, I don't mind going I, I out think... to eat and brunching in that for like occasion, somebody come in town or a birthday, but like an every weekly thing, nah, I, I'd rather be more active. Nah, that's 110%. Um, definitely dope, uh, you know, bringing that in. Like, um, I'm laughing because relationships, man, I met a lot of interesting people, you know, example, Conrad flag football and be him, me and him knowing each other, then connecting him to other people. It's just, you really can make great relationships sometimes personally or professionally. Like you can, I can introduce him to someone that may can help him professionally. Absolutely. And it, it don't, um, it, and to be honest, like, um, uh, you don't have to be on some, I need to make new friends. It's about building those relationships. All right. So when you say building relationships, because you're very particular with your time and who you spend it with. So you're building relationships for an occasion because you're not building new relationships to hang with these people all the time. No, no. You're building relationships professionally. 
Because I feel ah, that goes a long way. But you're okay. Building professional relationships. Is your Instagram private or public? It's public. I probably need, but the thing is, you if you type in my name on Instagram, you won't find me. You're hard to find on Twitter because when I be trying to post Jones Hall podcast stuff, it's hard to find you. And so Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is public. No, my Facebook is public, but my Facebook is very PG thirteen because my parents on there and they always comment and looking and shit. So I just keep it PG. What about X? Huh? What about X? I'm still gonna call it Twitter. Uh, my Twitter's not private, but you will not, <laughs> but you will not find my Twitter unless you know my Twitter handle. Yeah, Twitter is hard to find you. Um, Instagram, you will not find my Instagram unless you type in like you have to know my my Instagram name. Okay, yeah, that's what's up, man. Uh, so pickleball, you started for work and you're transitioning over for personal enjoyment and you're going to continue to so it'll be a personal and a, a work thing for you with pickleball yes because i never forget like so a lot of my friends play golf and i'm horrible at it i can't swing the damn uh club whatever and you know just some of the conversations a lot of deals business are made on the golf course i've heard that I've heard it so much. So, okay, so you don't think the company you just worked with prior, they didn't have these discussions over a round of golf? I think in Louisiana is different. I think that they might, because they own a suite. I think they had these conversations at the suite at LSU. I think they had these conversations out fishing. I think that they had these conversations. Activities, though. At Activities. Yes. Golf, No. But other stuff, other activities that you do in Louisiana, yes. So, so I guess what I'm trying to allude to building those professional relationships and activities, they, they all intertwine in regards to making big decisions. Right. Okay. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, shout out to Smooth. Smooth plays golf a lot. Uh, if you look at Smooth Stories, Smooth225, I think is his Instagram. You, want, you mean I want people to know his handle? Smooth, it is what it is, man. Smooth, uh, we got nothing but love for you in here. Smooth shows us love. Yeah, yeah I definitely so I, Smooth, man. I've been knowing, we've been knowing shit since we were kids. We both rock with Smooth heavy. So, shout out to Smooth. Um, so, before we get too far, uh, one of the questions I had, uh, doubling back on, um, so, it was about a week before they told everybody that they were going to get laid off on this job. And the reason why it took so long was because they wanted to fly out to the location where everybody was at to tell them face-to-face. Unfortunately, um, due to certain circumstances, that wasn't possible. So, I ask you, if someone, if a company knows that they're going to lay you off, how soon should they tell you or let you know before it happens? I feel immediately. Okay, I say immediately, I would give you up to a week. And the reason why I say that because some people want to do stuff in a certain fashion, figure stuff out. I get it. I, got laid I off think before. that you should. You said what? I got laid. I, I, crap. I've gotten laid off from a job before. Not construction either. Okay, gotcha. I've got laid off from a job before too. Um, and see, the way they did it. So this is how they did it when I was working there. Now I'm about to get personal. This was in 2012. So I was on this contract, supposedly true for a year. 
So I already had it planned out because I left my um, cable selling job. Yeah, I was the cable guy. I left the cable selling job to go back to this contract because it was more money <laughs> and it was a year. So I'm like, I got everything figured out. I already got how much I'm going to save, blah, blah, blah. Three months, we got an email. And I saw the names on that email. I said, yeah, we getting laid off. Stay positive, Tim. Nah, fam, I know what time it is. Went in there saying, hey, uh, work has slowed down, blah, blah, blah. We're going to have to let you guys you know, go within two weeks. Um, you can go home right now. We understand. We'll pay for the rest of the day so you can just figure out. And I remember, man, I sat in my car and I was just like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I called my dad. My dad said, you'll be fine. You're not coming back to Louisiana. We'll do everything we can to keep you out there. And I was going through a breakup at that time. Like it was, it was a dark time for me. I was just like, damn, what I'm going to do. And jobs really affect relationships. Now, granted, I wasn't married. You think so? Huh? I say, you think so? Absolutely. Because I feel if you used to a certain lifestyle and that person loses his job, that changes things drastically. Now, it's up to the, your partner or spouse to be a rider for you and be supportive, but some are not. Because if you come into a situation where you're making, where you got the bag and all of a sudden that changes, that changes your lifestyle and it may, you know, some, some people can't make it through that, those hard times. So did that affect your relationship? Y'all broke up because of that or that was a part of it? or I just feel, so I'm glad you brought that up. I really feel, I wasn't really making any money at that time in my life. And it really played a role to me that the relationship was just starting to sour. Now, granted, I'll take full accountability. I was a scumbag. Horrible. And, <laughs> and just the, the money aspect, just, I, I feel, I put like this. Women going to hate me for this comment. I feel women tolerate a lot more if you bring in money in. I'm a firm believer of that. Ooh. I am a firm believer of that. <laughs> uh, shout out Stu. Shout out Conrad. I'm not going to touch that at the moment. Oh, you can comment. Um, you can comment. I mean... It's just the reality. Like, I feel you can get away with a lot more if you got the bag. You feel like there there's an importance in your career or job whenever you're married. Well, does it affect friendships too or just marriage or just relationships? We ain't going to say marriage. We'll just start with Yeah, just relationships. relationships. Yeah, I think so. Friendships, not really because, I mean, in my opinion, your boy's going to be your boy's regardless. And I do remember mm. this. I do remember this. When I got laid off, this is why, granted, I'll say his name. Me and Vic don't talk anymore. But when I was laid off and going through it, him and Marcel were there for me. And that's something I will never forget. What do you mean by, you don't have to go in detail with there. And what I mean by there is that, like, they had to help you financially or just no, no. moral support? No, just support. Okay. Just It could be anything from them. Like, Marcel just told me the simplest words. Man, you're going to be all right. And that just went a long way, and that always stuck. And they were just very supportive. It'll be things gotcha. like, you Shout know, Tim, you. let's just get you out the house. Let's just do something. Like, they were very supportive, and I would never forget that. 
Absolutely. And just to double down on what you said, shout out to Smooth, because that happened to me whenever I was going through my uh, divorce for my first marriage. Smooth was very supportive. He used to come pick me up. I was staying with my mom. He would come pick me up, take me to New Orleans and all type of places to show me love and just get me at the house. So, you know, since we give him flowers, I wanted to yeah, and it just, do the same. And it just goes a long way. And, you know, definitely want to go back to my statement. It can be it can even be a man that's with a woman that makes, you know, a lot of money. He will tolerate a lot more if she got the bag. You think money's that powerful in a relationship? Absolutely. Love do not pay the bills, dog. It doesn't. Now for the listeners, it don't pay for the bag. listeners. Tim don't have a bag. Tim does all right, but he don't have a bag. So your relationship or marriage is based off of love. Mine, yes. I do think because <laughs> I'll just say this. My wife chose me for love, not for money, because I don't have it. I do all right, but I don't have it. <laughs> all right. So important of careers or jobs. Great, great example. In marriage great example. Um I remember um, this wasn't anyone I knew personally, but I remember just having this conversation with a random person at the airport. Totally random. Totally, this lady at the airport. We we're just talking. If anyone knows me, I'm social. People love talking to me and just start sharing their business. I don't know why. I guess I'm a safe black guy, especially when I wear my glasses. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, she was just talking and she was just like, the, she married her husband because he was financially stable. She said that? Yeah. Where was he at? He wasn't there. I think she was on a work trip or something. This was years ago. I'll never forget this. What race was this woman? Is that important? I think I think it is. That's just me. But if you don't want to say, I'll say she was a white lady. Okay. From your standards, would you consider her physically nice looking? I'll just keep it very plain Jane with that question. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and I ask these questions because we all know the listeners want to know. Yeah. <laughs> so, you want to know too. So so you can use act like you want to know too. I could ask you outside of this, but of course, you know, she we're doing was, this raw authentic. We, so. we were just talking and um, like she's married to the guy, they got kids, and she was just like, you know, one of the main reasons because he was financially stable. Because people can say they, I'm marrying for love. That shit sound good until the lights go out. <laughs> Ladies, let us know your thoughts on this. Um, Jones Hall Podcast on Instagram, at Jones Hall Pod on Twitter, Jones Hall Podcast on Facebook. How important is financial stability? Is it top five, top ten, not important at all, extremely important? Like, okay. Obviously, there's- if I wasn't financially responsible, my wife wouldn't be with me. All right, what do you Okay, I think there's a difference between financially responsible and financially stable. Is it? Because you have yes, to be responsible financially to be stable. No, 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 no. Financially responsible is I know a couple when they got married and the husband gambled a lot and he would lie and steal in order to continue his gambling problem. To me, that's not financially responsible financially stable is i don't gamble or do anything i just got a job where i'm a 
where I'm a stock boy at Target or Walmart, I just don't make a lot of money. I'm not stable enough financially to, to buy a house. I can pay for an apartment, but I can't buy a house. Responsibility to me is not buying or paying for something when you know bills need to be paid. Stability is I am going to do the right thing. I just don't have a lot of money. So to me, there is. A I feel they go hand in hand. I mean, I, I totally agree what you're saying, but they definitely go hand in hand. Because if you're not financially financially stable, um, it could be due to. All right, all right. Let's give examples. What is financially unstable to you, in your opinion? Uh, financially unstable to me is someone who can't afford anything. <laughs> you stay with your mom. All you can do is just pay your car note, and that's not it. That's it. Um, you're not stable financially enough in order to take care of big boy bills. Big boy bills being mortgage, rent, lights. I mean, if you own a house, you got might have to pay for trash and stuff like that. But, but so again, I think I still think they go hand in hand though, because I feel in order to be financially stable, you have to be financially responsible. Like I, I, I use myself great example. I don't mind using myself. When I was in Tucson, I was making like fifteen dollars an hour. Now, I was stable enough for the lifestyle I was living and I was making I was I gonna say smart. I was just financially responsible because I knew, Tim, you only make $15 an hour. You can't, you know, go on these trips and buy all these clothes and shoes. But I was making it happen, making $15 an hour because I was financially responsible so I can be financially stable to take care of myself because I've never had a roommate in my life except my except John in college. I've never had a roommate. Always lived on my own. Once I left my parents' house, of course. Gotcha. Well, let me let me backpedal because I know my wife going, you stay with your cousins for a while. When I first moved to Tucson, I stayed with my cousins for like six or seven months, and then I had my own. And I've been on my own ever since. I mean, you're married now, so is that considered on your own? I but, mean, you even, before, <laughs> even before I got married, I was on my own for at least six or seven years. Okay, so a good while. A yeah. good while. Okay. Yeah. So again, um, um, I just feel it goes hand in hand. Okay, so I think friendships as far as career or jobs is important because I think that when friends know you're not financially stable or able to do things, they stop calling you to do certain activities. I know that I'll, I'll speak for myself. There's some people that I know they can't afford doing certain things that I want to do. So I won't even call them or act or text them about doing this activity. What what type of without saying a name, of course, what type of activity, though? Traveling as something as big as traveling and something as small as going out to the daiquiri shop and having drinks. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, if I want them to come and I don't know if this is messed up or not, y'all let me know. I will tell them, hey, come out, drinks are on me. I will text them or let them know that immediately before a decision is made where they have to kind of figure it out. I'd be like, hey, I'm going to be here tonight. I want you to come hang out. I got the drinks. I just need you to show up. Yeah, I don't think nothing wrong with that. But then I think, in my opinion, that's what friends are for. Like, I know if one of my friends didn't have and we out, they Gucci with me. 
So <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't think we have any friends that would take advantage of that. But yeah, I mean, some people, oh, you paying? Okay. Yeah, I don't have no friends like that. Nah, nobody I really, I, I mess with don't act like that. Now, don't get me wrong now. Yeah? This ain't going to be no every weekend thing now. <laughs> it ain't going to be like that. Well, if it's an occasion and, you know, I want them, I want to kick and I want them there, of course I, you know, yeah, because now this is a fun fact. I'm definitely not going to say names on this at all, but I'll never forget. I had a friend. We still friends, of course. Um, Bayou Classic, he needed money to stay in a room with us because one of my boys was trying to charge him, which I didn't agree with, and I took money out of my own pocket and paid him so my boy can stay. And I never asked for that money back, and I don't want it back because I don't look at it, look at it like that. He's my friend. So if he's my friend, he's good. That's how I think. That's what's up. Not everybody thinks like that. Um, definitely rare breed. And if anybody has been listening to this podcast since day one, since day two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, they know how seriously Tim and I take friendships and how the benefits of being friends with us are endless. Yeah, talk your so. shit. <laughs> okay, so I will say this. Because um, we talked about marriage. We talked about careers whenever it comes to uh, relationships um, and career and, and you know job career relationships marriage would you say that someone sticking by you during your time of either being laid off or not having a job warrants for you to not have the right to break up with them Ooh, so that's tough because if it's not working out, it's just not working out. Whether you stuck, I mean, I appreciate you standing by my side, but I, I don't feel like I have to stay with you because you stuck with me if we're not working out. Like so, and it's funny because the number one thing they're going to say is, "I stuck by Tim when he didn't have a job and I paid all the bills. He's ungrateful, and he, you know, so you rather know so, he so you you think they should you you a marriage guy, so you think they should just stay together and be miserable, just because she stuck by his side? Like, do I appreciate it and thank you? Absolutely, but it's just not working out. So okay, um, to to answer your question, you know, I agree with you. (laughs) I think that if it's not working out, it's not working out. Um, I think that does will it play into your psyche? Yes, absolutely. We're humans. You think about that. Um, I've thought about that before. Um, so yeah, it definitely plays into it. Um, I think that whenever you're dating someone and you decide to stay, that's a risk in the decision that you make. And I don't think that that warrants um, some type of... Because that, uh, because that can be used... I'm hope, act, correct me if I'm using this correctly. That can be used as a manipulation. Like, every argument we get in, I stuck you know, by you when we did this, and you're going to try to leave me? You manipulated them to stay with you knowing that the situation is, is toxic and... Is, Y'all not working out. Well, and, and so, right, correct. But obviously one party is feeling that you're not working out. The other party feel like it's just rough times. It is, you know, we're just going through a patch, a rough time. 
at the moment. So that's very subjective in regards to rough patches, and that's why communication is important. Yeah. Because uh, you may be thinking, because it could be a situation where you're like, yeah, this is a rough patch, and the other person's like, nah, it's been like this. You're just not realizing this is a rough patch. I thought you were going to change. I thought things were going to change. It's not. I'm over it. Uh, yes. So to double down on what Tim says, that definitely takes a lot of courage, a lot of realization. If you are in a bad situation, a bad marriage, a bad uh, relationship, you know, definitely uh, assess the situation. And if you feel it isn't working out, isn't what you are looking for, or I ain't gonna say looking for a need because that's blows with the wind. But if it isn't a situation where you're not happy, you know, and you're listening to this podcast, wondering if you should get out. Uh, in the words of Jordan Peele, get out. But, and and so this is where it gets a little tricky, right? Because obviously during that time, you weren't, so this is how the conversation can go. So how long you been feeling this way? Because it feels like now that you got a job and you can leave and move out on your own, now you want to do it. But whenever you didn't have anything and I was paying everything, you didn't say that then. Again, he may just been going through the motions like, yeah, I don't have nothing. I mean, yeah. But again, that's still if it's not working out, it's not working out. Yeah. Okay. I feel the same way. Um, like I you know, used to have that mentality that, oh, such and such needs to be loyal and this and that. Man, if it's not working out, it's just not working out. Period. I'm glad you said that because uh, I guess another question was kind of like along the lines of that. Are there situations where a a relationship is unbreakable? I know that's not a word, but, you know, based off of the history, based off of stuff y'all been through. Um, Some people, because I've talked to people like that, like, man, they was there for me when I was down. They was there for me when my parents died. They were there for me for this or that. So I just feel like I can't leave them. A lot of people feel that way. Yeah, I mean, I think it's normal to feel that way, but I don't think um, you should penalize yourself and feel guilty if it's not working out. Yeah, yeah. Um, facts. And that's not the hardest part, right? The battle internally, the battle within. Um, that's always the hardest part. So speaking of the battle internally or the battle within, um, now that I am going through this career change or life change uh, a while back, years ago, uh, (laughs) my wife and I had a conversation about me possibly being a, the term is stay at home dad, but it wouldn't be that. Just her being the breadwinner, making a lot of money. Um, was able to cover all the bills and stuff at the time. Um, and, and her being in that position, there was just a lot of emotional and stuff that comes with it. So I was really able, really good to navigate that. You know, I cleaned the house, um, dishes, make sure food was cooked, you know, attend to the emotional needs. Uh, and I, you know, it's like, nah, <laughs> that's not what I want to do. Uh, definitely declined it, but. Is there any shame at being a stay-at-home dad or just a stay-at-home guy if your wife is can cover the bills and, you know, y'all good? And that's what she asks or wants. I don't see nothing wrong with it. Is it for me? No, but I don't see nothing wrong with it. I would not. Oh, and not for you. Nah, 
I can't sit at home all day. Okay, so you but you don't have to technically sit at home, but you don't have to go to work either. You can go places. So I think people really underestimate what stay at home dad, mom, wife, husband, whatever. I'll just use myself as an example. If my wife was a stay-at-home wife, I expect this house to be spick and span. I expect to have a home-cooked meal every day. I know that may sound old-fashioned, but those are the expectations I think people have if they say, hey, such and such is a stay-at-home wife or a stay-at-home mother or whatnot. So that is key. (laughs) That is major key alert, DJ Khaled expectations is everything what you said obviously i ain't gonna say sounds sexist but you see it on social media all the time people feel like if you're not working you're at home i expect this 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 and this and again Um, my take can be very um toxic it can be extreme again i'm always open to be corrected but that's just my personal opinion okay you can't be corrected on your personal opinion that's how you feel that's how the robinsons would run their household it is what it is um and the reason why i ask because i've been talking to Stu a lot shout out to Stu, fan favorite season one uh go check out Stu's episode Stu feels (laughs) you know there's definitely a man factor to working bringing home money but see Stu is more Stu is my guy me and him definitely have difference of opinion Stu is like a manly man and anyone knows Stu, he is like I'm the off alpha. I'm the uh, alpha male. Ah, I can't wait till you hit this episode so me and him can argue about it. But um, every guy is not like that, and I feel putting pressure on men to be like the manly man or you have to be this guy. I just think it's a lot because every guy is not like that, and that's fine. I feel if it works in your marriage or relationship, whatever, and y'all good, and y'all don't care about outside noise, I don't see no issue. Okay, so on the episode with Stu, um, we talked about sexual desires, and we talked about how you can talk to your wife and try to figure out a way to um, satisfy her sexual desires if it's something that you're not okay with. I think we gave an example of threesome, and we was like, you know, maybe you can talk to her and figure out a way where y'all don't have to have a threesome, but y'all can do something else to satisfy, and you was like, is that desire really going, though? So do you because there's a a feeling or a thought that all women want a manly man. And I, I, I'll use I mean, I'll use you for an example. And I'll use lot. I say logic. I will use um, I guess analytics in a sense and in, in the comparison. Supposedly, most daughters, the first person they fall in love with is their dad and not in an intimate way, but just they see what they see with their dad. You are nothing like Cindy's father. Exactly. Cindy's. Right. So is there a desire of Cindy wanting this man? Because Cindy does the manly stuff. You don't. Let's relax. I mean, I do a little something, but let's relax. But yeah, my wife is handy. My, my wife is handy. I am not, and I'm totally fine with it. I don't care. I'm just not handy. My dad tried to show me things. I just didn't grasp it. I tried. So, jumping back to the episode with Stu, you said, "Is that desire really gone? Do you think?" And I, you don't have to answer. I'm just saying, 
Do you not think that your wife wouldn't yearn for a manly man who would do the handy stuff and she doesn't have to do it? No, because just saying, just no, because she actually enjoys putting things together and, and doing, I guess, quote unquote, manly things. I do hate this perception that guys like you and Stu have feel that most, well, not most women, every woman wants this manly man. I'm not saying every woman, but I think that it, it is something that is discussed and talked about. I mean, I'm not saying that every woman wants. No woman want a man is like a princess. Don't no, don't get me wrong. I do think some women, uh, of course, want a manly man, but y'all making it appear as if like that's what they want, and they don't want you know pretty boys or whatever y'all call them. Ladies, let us know, please help us out. You would be this. amazed at how many guys that are not handy like i thought it was just me it is a lot of guys out there that's not handy and i still think you still oh, can no. be i guess i don't know alpha male manly man you don't know how to put shit together i mean maybe you can hire someone to do it okay <laughs> i'm laughing because Stu and i literally talked about that and Stu feels that there's a difference between hiring somebody and doing something yourself I don't want to dive into it between us because I think that is something that we might possibly have as a topic back on with Stu. Um, like the handy shit you don't know how to do, dog. Everybody can't do that, and that's fine. All right. I'm not going to argue with you on it. I just know that there's a lot of stuff that has happened in my house that if I didn't know how to do it, we're talking about possibly days of people coming fix it. And I think that there's a benefit to knowing how to fix oh, stuff in that moment. Absolutely. Now, don't get me wrong. If something is broken in this house, either two things going to happen. Either I'm going to pay somebody to fix it or Cindy going to fix it. The end. <laughs> but, but right. that's, I, and, I think my wife understands because she thought, you know, like, oh, Tim, you eventually learn. No, I'm not handy. And she's accepted that. Yeah, yeah. I think that it is something she accepted and realized that if she wants to be with you forever, that's something that, you know, a quality that you won't have. Yeah, that's, which we all have. That's to. a flaw I have. I'm just not a handy guy. And that's something that we all have in marriage, period, for all the people listening. There's stuff that your spouse, male or female, that you thought that they would pick up on or think that they would pick on that they just don't have. Um, it's called a uh, perpetual... Um, perpetual I, I think it's called perpetual problem i forgot the actual and name i do it, think um i know like if you're lacking in one thing you need to do something like i can cook and i can clean not saying my wife doesn't cook and clean but i don't mind cooking and cleaning okay uh that's what's up that's definitely a good look definitely a good look so you would do the stay at home dad thing nah Okay, so you wouldn't do it. I would Tim Tim Black ass gonna get a job. And what is it about having a you, so you say for you it's just getting out the house and doing yep. stuff? Okay. I mean for me it was just bringing more money into the house and being able to more money obviously offers you more options household wise to be able to do more things. So Yeah. Yeah. But some people may argue, and this definitely have to say for another episode, we'll probably have, a, have to have a guest for this. Some people feel it may be more um, efficient money-wise to have someone stay at home to watch the kid so they don't have to pay daycare because daycare is so expensive. 
Yeah, daycare, don't get it twisted. Daycare is not expensive enough to where if you get a job, I'll just use an example. If you make a thousand, I don't know if this is even a realistic, a realistic example. I am so out of touch of what, I hate that I'm saying this this way. I'm so out of touch of what regular people make. So let's say a thousand regular. He treating us like Jim Pop. He said regular people. We regular. Obviously, you were for the people that can read between the lines. I work construction, so I get paid a ridiculous amount hourly because I don't have insurance and stuff like that. So, um, and I don't have job security, 401k, and all that stuff. Um, so if you make a thousand dollars a week and daycare is 125 dollars a week. That still gives you eight hundred and seventy five dollars to do something else with. So but like you I get what you're saying. I think there's more factors included into that. I would love um I, I one thing I've learned, I'm surprised at how many people don't really trust people watching their kids. That's a big thing too. We these are episodes I would love to have with a guest because if anyone is that's listening that's a parent, because you you two buzz points I totally agree with. Just me being out and about I'm like, yeah, my kid ain't gonna be with no anybody. And then two, the importance of having the mother or the father raising the child rather than sending them to daycare. I would love people's opinions on that that are parents that I have experienced that that's going through it right now. I would love some opinions and a guest to discuss this because I'm not equipped to discuss it. Dang, you act like I wasn't a parent. Like I'm not a parent. But see, I feel <laughs> for you it was different because you had family support. But you know what? People may uh, not trust uh, their family to watch their their, uh, their children. Yeah, um, we'll have a look into that. Shout out Will. I know Will just you know a, a newly born, and at the day of this recording, isn't it Will's birthday? Today? It is my guy's birthday. Happy birthday to my guy, uh, William, that knuckle dragon Neanderthal. We're going out tomorrow, and we will be out this weekend. Shout out Will, man. Uh, I uh, unfortunately I can't call Will a friend, but the moments I've spent and talked to Will, I've definitely enjoyed kicking it with Will. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll look into that, man. If if you allow me to come out there to record some episodes again, we'll try to get some of the and maybe Kwame bring Kwame back. I know he's uh in the thick of it with kids. Yeah, I talked to, his I talk to that fool like today, that. actually. <laughs> shout out, <laughs> shout out, Kwame. So, yeah, we got some people out there. If uh, Tim allows me to come back and stay at the house in order to film more episodes, uh, we can get some people in the thick of it and talk to them about it. So, yeah, man, this was turned out to be a really good episode. For the fun fact for the fans, we had no idea what we were going to talk about, uh, but we kind of put it together uh, and it turned out great. Well, I just, we started talking about my personal experience and then we transitioned into this. Uh, Jones Hall Podcast on Instagram at Jones Hall Pod on Twitter, Jones Hall Podcast on Facebook, and Facebook is where you can find full episodes with the visual. You can see us faces talking. You can watch it, stuff like that. So, excuse me. Think about anything else for you, Mister Robinson. And shout out to the Texas Rangers. I know on the previous episode you shouted out the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks lost. Shout out to Andy. Andy's the big Diamondbacks fan. But, uh, yeah, I'll let you go ahead on and say anything to wrap it up. Uh, that's it. This was just good, candid conversation. I feel I love where this podcast is going. More of those candid conversations rather than just like, so what do you think? Well, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> 
Were we that bad? I'm going to have to go back and listen to the older stuff. We've definitely been growing. And shout out to the audience that have been growing with us. Shout out to you if you've made it this far in this episode. Um, we definitely appreciate all your thoughts. I, I do think by you uh, being yeah. very open and vulnerable I, and just having the conversations and how kind of we put everything together, I think some people will get something out of this episode. Oh, uh, I think a lot of people can get something out of this episode. And not even if it's something for yourself, but just a thought yeah. process, something for you to think about. Um, you know, a lot of requests have been made for me to be more open, so I'm trying to be more conscious of that and, uh, you know, go that route. So, yeah. But uh, that's it, man. That's all we have for this episode, the career changing episode. Uh, again, to wrap it up, let us know your thoughts. Jones Hall Podcast on Instagram jones hall podcast on facebook where you can find full episodes and at jones hall pod on twitter that's it that's all we got for y'all peace that was a good episode